everyone, and welcome back. This is the Extraordinary Women podcast, and we are now in episode 96. Today, I'm going to talk about what might be going on if you feel you never accomplish what it is that you want to accomplish in your life and how working harder actually isn't always the answer. But before we step into the conversation, if you can take a minute and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you use, that would be so fantastic. And you'll then automatically get notice of our podcasts each week because we publish every single Monday. Can you believe it? Ladies, we are committed to this podcast world. And honestly, we have lots of fun. And there are so many interesting conversations coming up that I don't want you to miss. So make sure you subscribe. Well, let's get started. You are listening to the Extraordinary Women Podcast, a podcast for the woman entrepreneur, where we have candid conversations about the journey of starting a business. You'll get valuable tips and advice as you launch yourself on your own entrepreneurial journey. I'm your host, Sherry Harmel, the editor of the Extraordinary Women Magazine Circle, and I embrace my own entrepreneurial journey as a woman of, say, a certain age. And if I can do it, ladies, so can you. I now divide my time between Paris and Boston, which fulfills my desire to create this life reimagined while building a business I love. I am so happy you are here. So let's jump right in. So many women that I talk with struggle to understand what is going on when they try over and over to make something happen in their lives and they just never get there. I think it's time we take a deep dive into the topic so that we can all check in with ourselves if we notice it happening, and for many of us, it happens on a regular basis, and find a way to work through it. This is the situation. Let me lay it out for you. You have exquisite plans in place. You've done the affirmations. You've created the vision boards. You've read the self-help books. There they all are. And yet, something always, always gets in the way of your success. Now, what also happens is that instead of feeling like a victim, many of the women that I speak with, that I coach, go into self-blame. And uncovering that blame, or as I call it, the blame game, is what we are going to talk about today. Now, we all know Blaming ourselves isn't productive, right? Yet when something doesn't go right, how many of you freely tell yourself with loads of judgment exactly what you did wrong? You might say things like, oh my God, why didn't I anticipate X, Y, Z, whatever it is? Why didn't I see those big red flags people presented? Or my favorite, my personal favorite, why did I drive over those red flags? The question is, why do I keep failing? The self-blame game goes on and on. With every miss or failure, 
thoughts always seem to circle back to analyzing every step of why something didn't work out. Many of us actually fixate on our own lack, which I call maybe a form of self-bullying. But I'm here today to push back against any thoughts that your own failings are why you seem to have this constant date with failure. And this applies to any context, whether you're trying to create or grow a business, seem unable to pick healthy friends or partners, or even lose those extra pounds that you know are not good for your health. Most of the time, it isn't about better planning. It isn't about working harder or that you're just lacking in self-discipline. What is really going on is usually something much deeper and more hidden. So what is it that creates these struggles? Well, I'm going to go out on a limb here and suggest that many of you struggle because of some limiting untrue beliefs that you created about yourself and even how life is supposed to turn out or work that goes way back to your earliest years when you were a child. The idea for this podcast actually came from my own experiences and observations. I have a good friend who's been loved her entire life, loving parents, wonderful family relationships. She worked with her father, who lovingly taught her the business, and even had a dream marriage. It was wonderful. Feeling loved and as a consequence, worthy of goodness in all forms, is woven into her character, her personality. I believe it's actually melded into her DNA. My friend just has this deep, incredible belief in her professional skills, her ability to continue to attract loving people into her personal life and make positive choices. And I believe this strong, positive, loving self-concept was built and developed in her early years. She doesn't have self-doubt about how she lives. She just knows. And it's quite fabulous for me to hear all of her family stories because it's like, wow, that's incredible. And it's how every child should grow up, right? But it rarely happens. As many of you know, I didn't grow up with that gift of love, and many of you didn't either. I had no confidence that the crazy, dysfunctional parents that I had would ever take care of me. And at a young age, I intuitively knew I was on my own. Now, I had great teachers and coaches who nurtured my fragile self-confidence as a little girl, but my parents never celebrated any of my successes. There were no loving compliments, guidance, insights, whatever. They didn't believe any of their children, or any child really, was all that special. And I think many of you can relate more closely to my story rather than the story of my good friend. But what I wanted to explore here today is the consequences of the messages we received as children. Why? Because the messages you received from your parents when you were little laid down the foundation of your self-concept. It laid down your self-beliefs and probably actually hanging around in your thoughts about yourself even today. 
When I stepped back and compared my friend's self-concept, I want to call it, and strong belief in herself and how, you know, she handles setbacks versus how I deal with setbacks and decisions that didn't, don't, didn't work out, the difference was glaringly obvious. My friend's confidence comes from a deep inner core being loved, valued, worthy, and that was given to her when she was a child. For those of you who did not receive that foundation as children, throughout your life, you will often struggle and try every way possible to get that feeling of being loved, valued, and worthy of goodness. Now, how you were raised, if you can relate to my experience, builds incredible resilience, but not necessarily a belief in your worthiness. And resilience and worthiness are very different states of being. This lack of worthiness, which affects everything you attempt to create, will continue until you can reparent yourself to rebuild your self-concept. This is huge, my friends. And you're probably wondering, how do you possibly rebuild your own self-concept? Well, first, you have to uncover those false and incredibly limiting beliefs that you hold deep down inside of yourself. And to do that, you have to get quiet and super honest with yourself. These beliefs, like so many beliefs, are usually unconscious. So to uncover them, you have to rip off all the masks that you wear or the positive ways that you present yourself to others. You have to be alone to do that because so many of us are disconnected from the negative beliefs we hold about ourselves and about the world. That's what keeps them unconscious. So you have to get right down to your essence, who you really are, and what thoughts you have about yourself that quietly but powerfully run the operating system of you. Once you can identify those unconscious or rarely acknowledged beliefs, your next step is to understand why you took them on. What did you hear as a child? And this isn't meant to be a parental blame exercise because sometimes little children take on family roles or casual comments made by their parents that were never truly meant to be absorbed as the truth. Sarcasm, negative nicknames, or roles in families have effects far beyond the fun and the laughter in the moment. The messages children absorb can become facts, even if they weren't meant to be. That's why parents are so powerful in molding the self-concepts of their children. So most negative beliefs that we hold about ourselves and even about how life is supposed to be took root when we were children. Now, sometimes it can be a belief as simple as life is always hard. Nothing good will ever be easy. It might be a belief about round money. Money is easy to make, but easier to lose, or that making money or understanding money will always be hard. Not talking about something, let's say you never talked about money, but not talking about something also has a consequence. 
Another family belief might be that good partners are impossible to find. So accept that you are probably destined to be alone. Any negative belief you have around life and yourself is most likely what is getting in the way of you creating exactly what you want in your life. The only way out of this is to let yourself be a little kid again and listen to the communication that you received. Take a deep, deep dive into what created the beliefs that you hold about yourself and possibly when you first started to question your specialness, your ability to have a happy, wonderful life. Any unconscious negative beliefs you have are so powerful and will actually run your life unless you address them. You have to take them from the unconscious to a, the conscious. They operate very similar to a computer. You rarely think about the operating system of your computer, with the, what it is that powers your computer, right? I, I never think about it. It's just there, quietly dictating what you and I can and cannot do on our computers. Well, unconscious beliefs are just like that. They run our life without us even being conscious of what's really going on. Okay, women entrepreneurs, I want to let you know about a fabulous resource. The Extraordinary Women magazine is only $29.99 a year, and with that minimal investment, you'll receive four issues of the digital magazine, which are just chucked full of inspiring interviews, subscriber highlights, valuable tips, and ideas for you, the entrepreneur, regardless of the stage of your business. But, this is a big but, this is more than just a magazine. During the year, you will have opportunities to connect with other like-minded women who are supporting each other and sharing ideas as they go along their business journey, as well as invitations to valuable workshops on topics that you need to plant or bloom or grow that business, as I call it. So go to TheExtraordinaryWomenMagazine.com and subscribe. Join this movement of women from all over the world who are creating and growing businesses. Now, if we were sitting together over coffee or a glass of wine, you'd probably say, but Sherry, I did all the work. I made the vision boards. I tried daily affirmations. I joined programs. I just keep trying over and over. And yet, I seem to get stuck, so it must be me. No, those affirmations, those vision boards and programs will sort of work for a while, but they won't stick. Why? Because you need an updated operating system. And to do that, you have to get honest with yourself and expose any and all deep-seated beliefs that you hold about yourself and the world around you. Remember, you can't change what you're unaware of. It's why food logs are always incorporated into weight loss programs. Increased self-awareness supports changed behaviors. Working harder, saying affirmations, signing up for program after program 
none of it will work long-term unless you uncover any and all the negative beliefs that you hold about yourself and the world around you. How do I know? Well, I could be the poster child for unconscious negative beliefs about myself. I've tried the affirmations. I've made the vision boards. I've read the books. I've signed up for skill-expanding classes and over and over convinced myself that if I just work harder, things would change. And my friends, it didn't matter what it was that I was failing at. My marriage, a friendship, a weakness I thought I could turn into a strength, a business idea, a new house, a new city. I'd always think that if I just worked harder and smarter, it would all fall into place. But nothing changed, nothing stuck until I uncovered my own unconscious negative self-beliefs. Let's all take a deep breath because that was a lot. What is so amazing is that once those unconscious limiting beliefs are out in the open, you will reap incredible benefits. Being able to step back and observe whenever your limiting beliefs show up is how you work to change them. I call that stepping back time as self-reflection time. This period of self-reflection is when you pull yourself out of the situation and watch what is going on as though it's a movie. Now, just like it's easier to see what others need to do or change than it is to see ourselves, you'll get the same benefits if you look at what's going on in your life through, say, a movie lens rather than being in the middle of it. Try it. I do this whenever something isn't going very well, and I'm absolutely convinced something negative is about to happen. Taking the time to pull back and observe the situation will give you the opportunity to question whether a limiting belief is what's driving your negative thoughts. Sometimes it means I have to go for a walk in nature. Sometimes I have to journal. Sometimes it's a combination of all of the above. But ask yourself good questions. Ask yourself the hard questions. How are you feeling? What are you afraid of? Is what you think is true really true? How do you know it's true? That's a great question. Why do you want something? How will you feel when you get it? Why are you staying quiet? What is scaring you? You also might find that talking out loud to yourself actually facilitates self-awareness. Some of those thoughts that we have in our heads will sound completely ridiculous when we say them out loud. Self-reflection is powerful. Self-reflection allows you to make good choices, good decisions, and be happy. It's like being your own mentor. (laughs) We all need mentors, right? But... I'm sharing this because I learn all the time that we have to constantly do this. Self-reflection needs to be a habit that we embrace all the time in our lives. It's not like it's, you know, once I got all those beliefs, those unconscious beliefs to the conscious, then I can back away. We have to do this continually because they are really part of our, I talked about DNA, they're almost part of our DNA. Now, I've done a lot of work on myself. 
and I've regularly set a time for self-reflection. But here's an example. I, I wanted you to see how easy it is to fall back into our limiting beliefs. My current podcast manager's moving on. She's taken another role and will not be able to continue working for me. I'm super happy for Christy, but I am sad for me. At first, I thought, well, I'll just get another podcast manager. Easy peasy, right? Well, I did a few interviews and I was shocked by the prices. Every one of them were far beyond my budget. That's when my own limiting beliefs started to run the show. And I spent two days with these thoughts in my head. This is what it sounded like up there. Maybe I should give up the podcast. It takes a lot of time and it doesn't make one dime. So I'm just being stupid to spend money and make nothing. I have to gut this out and find the money somewhere. I would think things like nothing is going to work out. This is the beginning of the end. Fatalistic, I know. I'm a tech idiot. But if I just get serious and learn how to edit, I wouldn't need a podcast manager. See, hear the judgment in that? Maybe I have to squeeze guest management into my already packed schedule. Isn't this more important than sleep right now? Last, and this was a big one, why am I doing this? Go back to one-to-one -to -one coaching and forget this dream of a magazine, podcast, and blog. I share all this. <laughs> None of them were pretty, but I share it all with you because it's I want you to see how easy it was to revert to those unconscious limiting beliefs that I've had all my life. I was a mess until I got a handle on myself and I stepped into self-reflection once again. That's when I saw that I love doing this podcast. I get to write and talk and also interview amazing, truly extraordinary women. All of you and the women I interview enhance my life in a way that is invaluable. I can't put a price on it. So this podcast does have value. Just maybe someday it can be monetized. Once I took my own limiting beliefs from the unconscious to the conscious, through self-reflection, I could see that there might be more options. Self-reflection took the judgment away so I could gracefully and gently begin to problem-solve possibilities so that the podcast can continue. I share this with you because I wanted you to see even how, even after all this time, my go-to response to a problem was based on my own core limiting belief that everything I try to create in my life has to be difficult. Nothing can be easy. Hopefully you can now see that you must continually give yourself the space to self-reflect on your decisions, your choices, and most important, your thoughts to make sure that there are not any unconscious limiting beliefs that are running the show. So create your own self-reflection ritual or routine and use it whether there's an issue you want to explore in your life or not. Use it all the time. I actually block out time in my calendar to consciously focus on self-reflection. You might want to do the same. And when you do that, ask yourself, how are things going? 
Is there anything that isn't working? If you get a yes, explore a little deeper to see if there are any unconscious beliefs running your life. Then with kindness and gentleness, but also a conscious awareness of those powerful limiting beliefs, as I call them, you begin to shift how you view yourself, the thoughts you have about yourself, and the thoughts you have about your life. It is then that those roadblocks that have previously stopped you from having the life that you want begin to disappear. Well, I hope you enjoyed that, ladies. And if you did, I would absolutely love it if you would take a minute to rate our podcast on Apple Podcast or whatever platform you're listening to this on and share the Extraordinary Women podcast with those friends of yours that you think will enjoy and benefit from our conversations. We've got some super interesting conversations and interviews coming up, both guest interviews as well as solos. And if you subscribe, you'll get notice when each new podcast is released. And we are all so incredibly busy. It's a great way to get a reminder that, oh, another podcast is up. Also, join the Extraordinary Women Magazine community. Let's support each other to be our best. Have a super week, and I can't wait for our next conversation.